Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation with Mike and Natalie Hickson. Natalie was a young mom who was facing burnout and was struggling with anger issues in her home. She's going to share her story of how she and her husband had sought out counseling, found the underlying root cause to the unhappiness that was in their home, and now today, Natalie helps other Christian moms as a personal life coach to specifically help around issues of like anger and stress and burnout and all the other pressures that come with trying to be the perfect mom. But she didn't want to just come on to our show and come at it, this discussion from that angle. She thought it'd be great to have her husband, Mike, on board as well, who can share from his perspective what it was like to go through that season of struggle. And what did he do to help be supportive, uh, not just help be supportive, but to be supportive and a partner in the marriage. So we're going to talk about the teamwork that comes into marriage, the benefits that come from coaching in your marriage, being counseled, that these are good things. And we really need to just stop being perfectionists when it comes to our marriages. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving in that case, keep your head on a swivel and get to where you're going safely. As Brandon and I have a conversation with Mike and Natalie Hickson. Here we go. Hey, Brandon. How's it going? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's going to be a miracle that we stay focused. So- I, I'm super excited. This has been the one that I look forward to the most today. And I, I'm just a huge fan of her music and, you know, Billie Eilish and the whole video thing. And once again, this is why I'm in charge of the research and not you. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you not do a cover song for Billie Eilish? Oh, my gosh. Is that a- well, yes, yes, I did. Awesome. No. That would have been awesome that. if that would be like, what? No way. Like, well, if uh, you get a chance, YouTube has a cover song by you. And I'm not really sure what song that is, but that's what was came it up. Last month, you thought somebody was like the Canadian like Yeah, they were a former Supreme Court yeah. minister for Canada. In like oh, the wow. early 1900s, and he's like, no. Yeah, and the guy totally wasn't. It wasn't so. me. Yeah. That's uh, hilarious. So anyway, uh, to help us out, because this is the part of the day where our ADHD really kicks in, we've got Mike and Natalie Hickson. Uh, they are calling in from Montana, and we got a great story to tell you about uh, overcoming uh, anger as a mom, uh, being a joyful mother, and the coaching that Natalie does to help people with that. And then we have Mike on board because, you know, one, he's married to Natalie, and two, he, he brings that uh, husband perspective of what it was like to go through that situation. So thank you both for joining us. And uh, Mike, I'm just going to, one, apologize up front for all the ADHD squirrel moments, <laughs> and two, thank you for keeping us on track in the next 30 minutes. So yeah. do what I can. All right. <laughs> He's married to me. Yeah. Quite used to it. <laughs> Give us a hand signal. Okay, wake it. But now you got three of us to deal with. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're excited to have you on because I think the topic is is so good. Because I talk a lot about 
inside the church, you know, the, the atheist and other people don't really care about us that much. It's inside the church. We tend to attack each other and, mm-hmm. and just hurt ourselves. So, you know, your topic of, of just letting go of that anger and the, and the hurt or whatever it is, but to live a joyful life is something that I think is, is vital in the church, but just vital in society. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So what made you uh, think that this was a topic you wanted to kind of dedicate your life to and and your business to and help people with? What kind of brought that about? Well, I never actually grew up thinking I would be helping people with anger. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up thinking that anger was something that I genetically, like the rage that I had was genetic. Mm -hmm. I thought this is how my parents deal with it. This must be how I deal with it. It wasn't something I wanted to deal with. It wasn't something I, I appreciated about myself. Uh, we started dating when we were 16, and my issues with, with anger were very strong at that point, very controlling. Um, and when we got married, I, it was, you know, we'd been dating for a while, but when we were married and we had to live in the same space together... <laughs> Very quickly found out that I am a screamer and he is not. Oh, wow. It's always a and good combination. She's a screamer and I'm an avoider. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I still, I feel bad for our neighbors. No. <laughs> They're like, we got to go get Mike. Uh, he's in trouble again. <laughs> Operation Rescue Mike. <laughs> so, but, you know, in those early stages of marriage, I was like, you know, this is just how I process. I don't know what else to do. I didn't know there was help for me. And it wasn't until a few years later when we had our first child that, um, again, we, I realized this anger was out of control and I would be on the floor with my two-year-old screaming, throwing fits with her, kicking the floor. Like literally it was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute when you're two, but it's not so cute when you're not, not. <laughs> so much when you're 24. <laughs> so, um, and again, at that point, I'm like this this is a problem and I'm scared. Like I'm going to hurt her, but I don't know what to do with myself. And I don't know that there's a way to change. And really a, tr- a, tr- a turning point for us. There was a couple of years after that, her sister was born and we brought her home and Enya, our oldest, she just had epic tantrums. Like they were uh, scary. Right. <laughs> and um, one moment I remember I was nursing our the newborn and Enya and Mike were, and he was trying to calm her down. I was in a room with the door shut. They were in another room down the hallway and I can hear them. And I just like let out this huge scream at Enya to just shut up. Mm-hmm. Right. And all the rage from the inside just came out and my baby stops nursing. She looks at me, gives me this horrible face and just starts bawling. And I'm like, this has got to stop. Like I can't do this with the next one. And so we, and at that point I like still knew there was something wrong, but I was thinking it's Enya. Like if Enya would just calm down, we wouldn't have to deal with it. You know, like she, if we could just get her through this, we'd all be okay. So we took her to a therapist and the therapist observes her and she looks, she, she asks for Enya to leave the room and we're both sitting there, Mike and I, and she looks at us and she says, Enya is a perfectly normal kid for her age and development. 
and we're just kind of like, uh, yeah, we uh, came here for fun. We didn't like, have anything we, else we to, to differ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like, um, yeah, that's cause you're not at home with her. Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Of course she's okay in public. <laughs> um, well, that wasn't always the case. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. But so she looks at me and she says, Natalie, you're the one who needs to be in here. Mm-hmm. And oh. it was just one of those, like, what? what? Wait, me? And, yeah. And as much as it was hard to hear deep down inside, I knew she was right. And I was really thankful that someone was finally going to help me. Right. And for me, that was a moment, uh, a huge sense of relief uh, is what I felt in, in that because I, I didn't know how to tell Natalie, I, I think there's some stuff that, you know, you, you need to work on, you need to work through some things and, and it's not all just the kids. It's, it's, there's some things that you need to do to be a better mom. And I didn't know how to tell her. So that, right. that moment, it was very relieving for me that I felt like this was now a place where we could could get some some education or get or get some some help right. and uh, be able to move beyond the situation. How much? It's always better. I'm I'm thinking if somebody else does it because obviously we're as husbands. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is tell your wife something negative that's already kind of a screamer and <laughs> like. Oh, good. She did it. That's good. Well, Somebody else jump in there. I was thinking, you know, Mike had mentioned earlier he was an avoider, but I mean, he just said right now at that moment, he, you know, he realized he, and up to that point, he didn't know what to say, how to say it. Mm-hmm. That might've played a role in avoiding the situation. Like, well, I, I don't know how to tackle this. Let me retreat until I figure it out. And then you hear that therapist say it, and you're like, yes, that, <laughs> that yeah. ditto. I'm going to support this. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Seven days a week, four hours a day, we can make it happen. What, what do you need? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, cause he avoids conflict and I just like explode. And it was scary. I'm curious what it was like for you though. Like as, as I rehash that story, what do you remember, Mike, um, as far as like, how was it for you? experiencing some of those things that we walked through with Enya and me getting angry and stay with us we'll be right back and now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content if you have a business like me you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or youtube videos into cap show and it will create all your content marketing assets for you and here's the coolest part CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Um... Well, before you started going through that process, before you started working on yourself, there were many moments where it was it was scary. I just didn't know what to do or how to deal with situations. I, I tried to to maybe you'd say I'd try to protect the kids from her, or there'd be a, an explosive situation, yeah. and, and I'd try to to take the kids with me and and let her deal with whatever that was. But mm. that was hard, and it was hard to hard to know what to do. Did you always know that it was her, not? Enya? Not, not real clearly. No, I knew that there were some things that Natalie needed to work through, but at the same time, the, the, the symptom that we saw coming up was uh, oftentimes the behavior in, in our kids and, mm-hmm. 
and uh, how they were reactive to things too. And so, uh, well, how can we help the kids learn how to deal with situations? Mm -hmm. I think that one of the worst things about having kids is when they act exactly like you. And then you're like, well, that that's a horrible way to act. And then you're like, wait a minute. She totally learned that from me. That's my fault. Yeah. And, and you're so sensitive to that, too. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But it yeah. gives you hope because if they learned it from you, they can unlearn it from you. And you, and you can go in a different direction. So that's really yeah. good. So but, as my, um, like you guys, my squirrely self, I kind of got us off track. The reason, like how I got to what I'm doing now is... As I continued to grow, I would say therapy was really helpful. I went mm-hmm. through four years of it. Um, it really told me, helped me understand who, like where I came from, like how I got to that point. But literally I left therapy going, I'm still angry. I'm still right. yelling at my kids. This was supposed to help and it didn't. And so I had to um, continue. It got me onto the right foot. Like I started more personal development, understanding, looking for answers. What do I have to do? And realizing as I'm walking through my journey that it takes taking responsibility for what my actions are, for my thoughts, for um, making sure that I'm taking care of myself and my family in a way that um, is is responsible. It's basically taking responsibility for your actions. Right. And I just, one thing led to another, I ended up going to life coaching school. I felt led to do that. That would be fun to help people. It was more like general stuff, like organizing, um, overwhelm and the, the, it never really super took off. So I took a step back, um, wrote, I guess like a memoir, never published or anything. And Uh, One thing led to another with that. And I ended up working with a life coach who helped me step up into taking even more responsibility for my actions and who I was and realizing that I could coach people. And through a conversation with a friend, another mother who also experienced destructive anger, she's like, and she had a podcast and everything. She's like, Natalie, this is your thing. Like you need to be helping people with this. Yeah. Like you've worked through so much and helped your kids through so much. Come on to my podcast and let's talk about this. And it was really at that moment where the ball got started rolling in helping moms through destructive anger. And now it's just, it gives me life to speak into these moms and help them work through seeing that they can change. Cause again, like when I was back before everything started for me. I was like, I'm just, this is who I am. I can't change this. Yeah. And so helping them recognize that they can change and actually enjoy being a wife and a mom. It's, it's been an incredible journey to help them. And, and so cool. Yeah. I would say, how long have you been married? This is a test. I'm I'm (laughs) always surprised when it's a slow answer. (laughs) She's like, "Uh." it's because we started dating in 96. So that's like 23 years. Yes. I always think we've been married that long because we never broke up. So it was like, how long have we been together? (laughs) So in, in, in full disclosure, how many times in those first early years were you like, this just isn't worth it. This isn't going to work. We're going to have to, you know, go our separate ways or other people were saying that to you. I would assume, Mike, you were hearing that from somebody. 
No, I, I didn't hear that from anybody that we should should go our separate ways. I think that uh, it was actually later in our marriage, only like yeah. four or five years ago. We always had a lot of, of really supportive people around us. That's awesome. And, um, so, so that was good. But I, I always felt like um, we can work through this. I always felt like we had the resources, we had the people around us that even though there was maybe challenges in our, our parenting or challenges in our marriage or, or wherever the challenges were, I felt like that we could, we could work through it and learn what we needed to learn to become better from it. He really has been Mr. Steady. Like, yeah. I was going to say, does that come from a place of faith or a place of divorce was just not something you wanted to deal with from a practical standpoint? More of a place of faith. Yeah. That's good. I, I've always felt like no matter what the challenge is, I, I think everything is figure outable. I, I heard that from, from uh, another from another influencer, everything's figure outable. I think there's a book called that now, but I don't know. Yeah. Marie I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always have approached things from, from that perspective. I think we can figure this out. I think that we can work through it. Uh, maybe we don't have the, the personal ability or resources to do it, but we can go find those resources. Mm-hmm. I love that. That, that. that approach, that foundation is so important because when you realize – Okay, that's off the table. So if we're going to live together and not be miserable for the next 50, 60 years, then we got to figure something out. we got to get stronger in this. So you start heading in that direction of helping other people that are dealing with this, and specifically moms that are, you know, kids can be uh, little bundles of joy when they're in a picture, but then when they're not, they tend to do other things. And I have five of them, so I'm totally aware of that. But how did you feel like you could get into this to help other couples kind of go through this? Well, I think one of the the big things in in the journey that Natalie talked about, I mean, this is this journey that she's talking about is more than 10 years long. We're we're talking about going to therapy and, and many of the things that she did. And I think a, a major portion of that period of time that really helped us that, and, and helped Natalie was we, we got marriage coaching. I think we had, we went through about two years with, uh, with our marriage coaching in the beginning. It was like once a week, Sometimes yeah. twice a week. we, yeah. we had to, to work through some things together yeah. using a coach. Um, and Natalie, I think one of the great things that, that you can speak to is the difference between therapy and coaching because that really made a difference for us is, is that perspective and, and getting a, a coach to help us in our marriage. Right. Yeah. It, and what's interesting is we started, we basically came to a point where it's like, okay, I'm done. Like I was done. Right. I'm over this. And my best friend was like, if I have to drag you to therapy, you're going to stay together. And I was like, okay, whatever. So then, um, yeah, I found Tony and Lisa, um, a podcast, One Extraordinary Marriage. And it just random. I listened to one episode and <laughs> I came to his office. And I'm like, you got to listen to this. I think we need to hire Lisa like now. And so we, yeah, we started working with her and at, when we started working with her, that's when I had started working in my, like, that's when I had given up trying to coach anybody. Right. And so um, through working with her, I, I found more life in wow, you know, coaching really is important. It's valuable. It makes a huge difference. Therapy is really important, especially for people who are struggling with trauma 
right? Past trauma, trauma, maybe they're just going through. Um, It's important to help them work through those things. There are people who are, went through school to help people through trauma um, and helping you kind of figure out where you came from and why you are the way you are and kind of seeing the patterns that you have. I think the difference between therapy and coaching is coaching takes, yeah, we look at your past a little bit and we see what your patterns and, and mindsets are. And now we take you forward. We're not going to focus on the past. We're going to focus on now and beyond and figure out how do we implement the strategies and the mindset shifts that you need to overcome working through those negative things that you're stuck in. You're stuck in like your podcast, you're stuck in a rut. And I actually explain this to moms like, Hey, you literally, your brain has ruts in it and you've been in this rut for so long. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a shovel and we're going to dig a new rut. And as we're digging a new rut, we're going to throw the dirt onto the old rut. Wow. Right. So uh, we're, we're gonna, stealing we'll that, by the way, that's going to go into. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking that and we're, we're going to create new patterns. Are there times that you're going to start walking down the old path? Yeah. But because of the awareness that we're working through, you're going to be like, oh, wait, I'm on the wrong path. I need to turn around and go down the other way. Right. right? So, yeah, that's really how I see and visualize coaching working as opposed to therapy. You're, you're learning what that old path looks like and why right. you got there, but you haven't gotten the shovel to start working on the new path yet. Right. That's, that's such a good analogy. Going, why am I still yelling? I don't understand. Yeah. And and good coaching yeah, especially in a Christian perspective in the church, you know, we we tend to not want to tell anybody we're having trouble in our marriage or we're having trouble with our kids or anything. And and so we it for some reason it's a little easier sometimes to say, well, we're just gonna get a divorce rather than admit we need help on a weekly basis or monthly basis, rather than fight for that family. And if you and if you can keep that together, you avoid you know, millions of dollars of stuff and just junk and kids going crazy and all that kind of stuff. So a little bit of coaching, even if it's for years, is going to save you in the long run. So how did you approach that with being being Christian and, and saying, well, you know, we're supposed to be able to pray our way through it or whatever other kind of goofy thing we come up with sometimes to go, you know, we need coaching. We, we're good, but we need coaching as to how to get there. Um. Let me kind of rephrase that is how, okay. how did other people uh, feel about you going in for coaching? How did you kind of fight that feeling of uh, my marriage is falling apart? You know, because as Christians, we tend to hide okay, that. Yeah. So I was a life coach and I'm like, <laughs> we should be able to figure this out. Like, we don't need a coach for this. And it just got to the point where God spoke to my heart and he's like, no, no, no. And he used that podcast to be like, listen. <laughs> You need help here. And, and I tell people today, um, a good coach has a coach because we can't stay in our own. Well, we end up staying in our own world and then we don't see outside and coaching is a mirror. You know, we reflect back the statements, the ideas, the thoughts that the other person is talking about and say, Hey, have you looked at it from this perspective? And so that's why it's so valuable because it's like looking in a mirror, but the mirror talks back and, and helps right. see, Hey, this is where I'm looking. Like, let's change perspective here. Yeah. I, I like that answer because I was thinking in terms of, uh, and I'm not in any way endorsing this, but Tom Brady is a really good quarterback and he obviously has a lot of natural talent, but he yeah. always points out that without a really good coach, he would have just been a good quarterback. 
So right. you, for, for a lot of people, especially at this particular point in time, he's probably the best in the league in his, I think, early 40s or something. He's still being coached. Yeah. So having a good marriage and, and getting a coach doesn't mean the marriage is messed up. It doesn't mean it's yeah. bad. It means you're trying to make it better. So yeah. I would just encourage people that maybe hear this that say, well, but if we get a coach, everybody will think we're getting a divorce or, you know, things are terrible or whatever. Getting a coach means you want this marriage to be better and stronger yeah. and go another 30, 40, 50 years rather than just give up and try again someplace else. Yeah, I I have a coach in my life at all times now. <laughs> That's good. I'm wondering if I can ask you guys a question because I've got a I got three guys here that, and there's a situation that comes up with that's with against my the clients. rules, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> we have rules on we, this thing. <laughs> we do charge extra for that, but okay. <laughs> so my question for you guys is I'll just give you the scenario. Moms typically feel, especially the ones who maybe they're staying home and kind of helping with the kids, they might have a business on the side, but they're kind of feeling like their sole responsibility is making sure. The house is taken care of, food, all of that stuff. And they feel really bad about asking their husband to help. They feel bad about tag teaming it. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Your husband doesn't run a company by himself. He's got to have employees to help him. Or he is an employee helping whoever, right? It's a team effort. And so I'd love to hear you guys' perspective, like how you feel about helping like how Mike, how do you feel about helping me when I'm like, okay, I am just I need help because I don't want to get to the point where I'm screaming. Is that okay to ask? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was gonna say, Brandy, you go first, and then I'll make an effort to make you look bad. That's there it. you go. There we go. I would say I probably have the best perspective on it because I'm an awesome husband and uh my wife's not here right now. So uh but we we've gone through periods in our lives where we've not balanced that well, especially being a pastor. Sometimes I'm full time church part-time home, and uh, that's not healthy. That's not a good place to be. So learning how to balance that kind of thing, she kind of felt like she needs to take care of home and not bother me, not ask for help. And we both realized that through coaching that un- unspoken expectations are, are a killer because you expect me to help you, but you're not saying it. So mm-hmm. by you saying it, it, it prevents you from feeling bad. And from my perspective, it made me feel valuable. You know, I want you to be in the kitchen with me, helping me. And I I don't cook. I'm not very good at it. Not that I don't try sometimes, but I like to do the extra stuff, cut up stuff or set the table or whatever it is. But adding value to the home is important for the husband, too. So I think from my perspective, not being asked is worse than being asked. But we also have to balance that. If you ask at the end of a, you know, seven day trip somewhere and they just got off a plane, you know. It, it's balance in that sense. So Jerry, yeah. try to make good, me good look answer. Bad. All right. No, <laughs> I was actually. Um, to me, it was always about what do we want to do? You know, what do we need to do? How do we divide that up? And it wasn't, you know, like, I'll do the man stuff, so I'll do the yard and the fence and all that. Uh, my wife's actually pretty much handier than I am, but she won't <laughs> admit it. Uh, my kids are handier than I am, and mine are too. They do remind me of that. Um, and I actually like being in the kitchen. But my wife, for a long time, so we've been married 18 years, but I'd say about 15 of those years, my wife, she convinced herself somehow that it was her responsibility to be in the kitchen. I'm like, and somewhere around that time, she finally said, Jerry, I don't even like to cook. I'm a horrible (laughs) wife. I'm like, so for 15 years, you deprived me of being in the kitchen and like cooking and cleaning for you. 
when I could have been doing that the whole time. And so, uh, that's that point though. You said like, she thinks I'm a horrible wife. Yeah. Because. That's my job. Yeah. And I'm exactly. like, I never, so, you know, I'm like, I never said that, you know, and, right? you know, that wasn't in, like speaking into that is yeah. just having the conversations around what do we need to expect? Like what expectations are we having about yeah. each other? And I do know that, um, live, got a lot of those pressures from her mom mm-hmm. and her grandmother. So Latino yeah, family. And it, you know, I remember yeah. when we first got married, I was at my mother-in-law's house. I can call her that now. Cause that's, you know, what I was at that point. The, Cause the week prior, no, I'm talking 18 years ago. Oh, yeah. I'm come back in time with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so 18 years ago, we'd just gotten married. I met my mother-in-law's house and we had just had lunch. Uh, and I decide, Hey, Liv hasn't seen her grandma and mom for a while because she's been in Germany when we were in the army together. And I'll go ahead and do the dishes while they connect. So I, I'm doing the dishes. Boom. And my mother-in-law says, Jerry, you don't have to do those. I'm like, no, it's cool. It's fine. You guys reconnect. I've got this. No big deal. And so I'm washing the dishes. And my mother-in-law says it again like five minutes later. No, Jerry, seriously, you don't have to do that. And I'm still do- doing it. Finally, about five minutes after that, um, Liv comes up to me and she grabs me by the arm. I'm like, oh, I love this woman. She's She's... <laughs> coming to embrace me. She goes, Jerry, stop yeah. doing the dishes. You're getting us in trouble right now with grandma. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? What do you mean? Because I'm in California mode. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I'm doing dishes. T- tell grandma to take a load off. And I remembered, wait, I'm in South Texas. I married into a Latino family and grandma's traditional. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yep. And I put everything down. I turned off the water. I'm like, and I'm tidying up and I'm, so I'm still causing trouble. Like, away, <laughs> and grandma comes up herself. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm dead. And uh, grandma comes up and says, the men do not do the dishes in this family. Mm-hmm. Go sit down and watch some football. And I'm thinking in my head, I hate watching football. <laughs> What's funny about that is I kind of experienced the opposite of that. My wife thought, well, men are handy. They can do things. So when we built our house, she had met with the builder, and she found out we could save a lot of money if I built the fence. And when she told me, I was like, who told you I could build a fence? I I don't have that capability. Well, we've got four boys, and, you know, we can build a fence. So anyway, after I finally got somebody to help me build the fence because I was doing a terrible job over weeks (laughs) at a time. We, we kind of had that same thing. It's just – and that's why I call it unspoken expectations. Here's yeah. what I expect you to do, but this is maybe not what you're good at. Right. So, Mike, what's your perspective? I on? think for me the answer to that question really is wrapped up in, in each individual's identity of who they believe they are. Like for me as, as a husband myself and father and, and uh, professional, all those kind of things – yeah, I go to work during the day and I slay the dragon. I'm, I'm good at what I do, right? But I don't come home and I don't believe that that I'm the kind of guy who can just sit on the couch then and, and uh, put my feet up and watch football the rest of the evening. I want to be an awesome dad. I want to be an awesome husband. And if I'm going to be those things, then there's other stuff that, that I got to keep doing that I'm responsible for and, and be great at those things. And so I can't come home and just expect that everybody else is going to serve me. I, I I still have to come home and and how can I serve my family? Mm -hmm. I tell moms too. I say, you know, he's going to want you to ask him to help do the dishes. Then if that's going to ease your challenge and and how you're feeling, then you raging out at the kids later and then banging the dishes around later, (laughs) right? Like ask for help, ask for the relief. And, and instead of saying, I'm so sorry that you had to help me tell him, thank you. Absolutely. 
So and valuable. Turn your sorries into thank yous. When when I do premarital counseling and even you know marital counseling, I say the same thing. It's like the happier she is at the end of the day is going to benefit you. Yeah. So you know, do you really want her mad about the dishes and thinking about you, or would you rather her thinking, "Hey, I got an extra 20, 30 minutes at the end of the day to relax. We can yeah. have a conversation." You know, yeah. and, the, and so the whole house is yours. That whole, you know, this is your job and that's my job. It makes sense if there's things you're just not good at. You know, we we hire people to do things at the house because I'm not good at that stuff. And it's going to frustrate me and make me mad and then irritate everybody around. But it's a team effort, you know, and and your job is to outserve the other one. You know, and if you if you focus that way and in a marriage, if your your goal is to outserve your wife or your husband, that's always going to benefit you. You know, don't yeah. get walked on. Don't don't try to, you know, make it contentious or anything, but just focus on the other's needs more than your own and your needs will be met. You'll be happy ultimately in the end. Mm-hmm. So it was fun being on y'all's podcast today. This was the first. This is kind of cool. <laughs> I know. Nobody ever asked us a question. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We should invite podcasters on the show more often and just to interview us. Yeah, hand them the reins and... <laughs> We don't have to do any thinking or research. So I have an idea, but I want to know, Mike, what do you do for a living? I do financial planning for business owners, typically help them know how to to, uh, prepare to exit their business someday. Nailed it. I was going to say either financial planning or engineer. I was like, hmm. because it was wow, called he demeanor. went to college for engineering and he ended up a financial planner. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it. My wife's an accountant, so I, I can I can okay. nail that personality fairly okay. well. And I've got good yeah. friends that are engineers. So I'm sitting here thinking, when did my buddy become like a profiler? And like, no, <laughs> like, where'd this come from? I can sense it. It's like they have their own kind of personalities to them, you know, but too many people get married when they're they're happy, they're you know, doing fun things and they, and they want to do fun things and, and both are good looking. And, you know, we, we like the way each other smells and none of those things matter when you're actually married because you got to work through some things, you know, talk about faith and, and the splitting of duties and kids, college, education, and all kinds of things. And too many people leave that stuff out, but she's really pretty. Well, that's only going to serve you for a little bit. <laughs> when when the world's falling apart, beauty is not going to help you very much. You need to be able she to have a conversation. She's upset. Yeah. She's throwing things at you. It's not that pretty and yeah. attractive, you know, so you got to figure that stuff out. Yeah. So uh, we don't want to just talk about us, but you have a, a thing called the trigger uh, – Teacher, is it the trigger, trigger tracker. tracker? I don't know how I have my glasses on, so let's edit that part out. Trigger tracker. No, I'm leaving it in. <laughs> talk, <laughs> talk a little bit about uh, kind of how you came up with that concept and how people can use it to maybe figure out what kind of coaching they need. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep, on my site, I have a free download. It's a trigger tracker. I use it with my clients. It's one of their favorite tools. Um, they go through a situation, common situations that make them upset. So whenever they are calmed down after they've had an episode of destructive anger, they will be asked these questions and they go through it. And it's just asking them, like kind of looking at it from a bird's eye view. Why were you upset? What upset you? How are you feeling? What needs of yours weren't met? Um, 
And how can you, the most important question is the end. And it says, how do you want this to look in the future? Like, what do you want this to look like next time it happens? And it's just helping them bring awareness in the situation. So the next time they go through it, they're, they're like, wait, I, I've been here before. I've worked through this before. And this is how I want to. Does it mean that they, really not one trigger tracker is going to make them not get upset again? No, 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 no. <laughs> it takes time, right? right? It takes time to like help understand these are all these things that are going on for you. This is how you worked through it. And when you're writing them out and you're looking at it, you're kind of like, Oh, it, it really either wasn't a big deal or you're like, I just do not want to do that. Right. right. So that's, that's great. Kind of one of those. And it just bringing awareness is, is so important when it comes to trying to calm down and work through these situations. And I'll tell you the difference between between destructive anger and just frustration and being annoyed is uh, destructive anger looks like screaming, yelling, physically abusing your kids um, or husband. It looks like slamming doors. Um, I would, he would come home and I'd be like, I'm done and get in the car and drive off for a few hours and come back. Um, that kind of stuff is, is the destructive behavior. And just, Passive aggressiveness can be destructive as well. So not saying anything and speaking up. I was going to say, I, I, I was thinking you were probably going to add that in because sometimes we look at a situation and go, well, she's not screaming or slamming doors, but she maybe goes and spends a bunch of money or she goes and, you know, makes comments or does things that are ultimately destructive to our marriage and our family, but they're not really a direct result. And so we don't know, necessarily notice that kind of stuff or you know, just taking uh, steps to recognize that is vital. Communication, you know, see what's going on. There's a reason you're where you're at. I, I love what you're doing is trying to show people where they're at, but where they can go. Yes. You, you don't have to stay where you're at. And with kids and in a marriage, it, it's important to get past that. And it's, it especially is. as Christians, we're supposed to live a joyful life, full of happiness and abundance and whatever that looks yeah. like for you. And so you you both look incredibly happy now, so I'm assuming your marriage is perfect as a result of all of this. <laughs> oh, we're perfect. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we do. You know what? It's far better than it's ever been, and it's not that we don't ever get frustrated with each other, but right. we've learned the tools and, and know how to work through it, and when one of us needs space, we take a little time out and come back to it, and there is not the, the screaming. The neighbors aren't. <laughs> Not worried. <laughs> They're like, wow, that couple's a lot better than they were. I, w- I would just give a quick disclaimer to people listening, especially guys, if you're listening and you think I'm going to send my wife to this site and tell her to do all oh, her yeah. triggers and don't, don't that's that. going to cause a problem. Don't do that. Sit down with her and say, I want to make our marriage better. Because if you initiate that conversation, it's going to go a lot further than if you tell her what she's supposed to do and how to fix her. Because I know if you're a guy, you're messed up just like we're messed up. So we all need help in some way. But what's the best way to reach out and get in touch with you if people want to get connected and especially find out about that tracker and how they can get involved and make their marriage better? 
Yeah. So, uh, yes, if I really do, my primary focus is with moms and women, but any dads, husbands out there listening to this who are like, Oh, my wife needs this. You are welcome to reach out to me and I will have a conversation with you on how we can introduce this concept to her. Uh, so that's absolutely something I can do, but I'm at NatalieHickson.com and the trigger tracker is there. You just download it, put your email in there and, um, I'm also on Facebook at Natalie Hickson and Instagram. And currently I'm doing a challenge on Instagram, helping you see that you are an amazing mom. So. Awesome. Moms need that. They, uh, moms are the hardest people on themselves. They can't separate that. I was just having a conversation about that with my wife about, you know, the best way to solve this situation is for you to stop being a mom right now. And she's like, yeah, that's not possible. So <laughs> then we got to deal with it where we're at. So thanks Let's help a lot. you enjoy your mom journey. And I focus on moment to moment. It's a moment. It's that's a challenge. Awesome. There'll be a good moment coming too. <laughs> so if people want to reach out to you, we'll have all that in the show notes. And if they just want to come to Montana and hang out, what's your home address that they could stop by? <laughs> I like Mike's neck went, what? What, what did you he just say? find us. That was not in the email. email. Yeah. If you want to find us, we'll yeah. be skiing. Big Sky, Montana. Yeah. We'll be there this winter. There awesome. you go. Just wander around. It's a fairly small state. You can find them. So you can wander around. Just take a backpack and some food. You can find them. Well, thanks Don't for joining us. the buffalo, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate y'all being on. Thank you. Now, if you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 210. That's right. 210 episodes of this show have been aired. And this is a great thing because I remember when we were around episode 15, somebody had the audacity to tell us that we were going to fade out. Boy, was that person wrong. Anyway. We're so grateful that you joined us in this episode, and we do look forward to joining you again next week with another episode. Uh, but again, the show notes, beyondtherut.com slash 210. You'll find links to Natalie's website. Uh, you can download a copy of the trigger tracker for yourself and so much more. Uh, and also, since you did join us this week and you plan to join us again next week, um, we're looking forward to that. And until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.